What is the real meaning of the Kylan Boswell commitment? It might not be what you think it is. Let's get started on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I am your host, Mike Luke, coming to you live from California. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk some DeAndre Ayton. Uh, is he going to get paid by the Phoenix Suns? We're going to talk some Arizona Wildcats as well, obviously. But Kyle Boswell, five-star point guard, has reclassified to the class of 2022, meaning that he will be eligible this coming season to play for the Arizona Wildcats. Now, I think a lot of people are wondering, well, all right, you know, that shoots them up the preseason rankings. It certainly does. But what does that mean for Arizona? I, I've said this from day one, and I'm going to continue to say it, that I think that this main, the most important aspect to this is that Boswell will be on campus. He's rehabilitating an injury right now. First, that gets you the best. Uh, that gets you the best. Um, you know, training that you can get. As cool as it is to be at Compass Prep, it's a little bit different when you can go in there to a Division One Power Five school, and they can get you all the help that you need. So again, that's a big part right there, and I don't think that that can really be overlooked. Okay, but. The biggest thing with, and again, we'll talk about what to expect this coming season, but the biggest thing is for 23-24, because that is the year that Arizona is going to be loaded. But let's talk about 22-23 first. You've got Kirk Reese running the point guard spot. We all know that. No matter what Kylan Boswell was going to do, there was no way that Kirk Reese isn't going to start next year. Tommy Lloyd loves Kirk Reese. There's no doubt about that. And honestly, I don't think that I don't think that there's you know pretty much anybody in the country that Tommy Lloyd would feel more comfortable with. And as we know, Tommy Lloyd knows a thing or two about basketball. I would look though between a combination of Kirk Reese and Courtney Ramey, I would look for this to be a twelve to fourteen or fifteen minute game uh, or uh, minute per game situation but again as good as Boswell is he's not the hyper elite player you know your Mike Bibby or your Jared Bayless coming in where you just assume that immediately he can play at uh, and he can put up big numbers that's not exactly what you're I, I would expect out of Kylan Boswell right now now what I would expect out of him though is to be solid get healthy everything like that, and then be able to get those 12 to 15 minutes. Now, what does it mean going forward? The 23-24 season is shaping up to be an absolutely dynamic season for Arizona basketball. And here's who you could potentially have on the roster at that point. You could have a Julius Tabellis. You could have a Dem uh, You could have uh, Umar Ballo. You could have Henry Vizar. You could have Kwame Evans Jr., five-star guy we're going to get to there in just a minute. You could have uh, Pella Larson. You could have 
Cody Williams. You could have KJ Lewis. You could have in the backcourt, you know, amongst other people, Kirk Creesa. You could also have a player like a. You could also have a player like a. Uh, um, uh, excuse me, a, a Kylan Boswell. Now, the most important thing, though, is to have that point guard spot because whoever gets that position is going to be handed the keys to a team that is going to pro- that it's going to be a top five or six team nationally in the country. Now, with Kirk Creesa, the only thing that you do wonder is: Are you going to be able to get? Are you going to be able to get that third, that fourth year out of him? Now, you might be saying to yourself, "What are you talking about?" Because he's not that good. But yes, when he's in, when you're dealing with international players like that, generally they can go over. They can go internationally if they're not viewed as an NBA player, and they can make a couple six-figure type salaries, which is, you know, that's that's one of the perks of being in the international game, right there. Again, I've never really viewed Kurt Teresa as an NBA player, as an NBA talent, but I think he's close enough to it to where he's going to be incredibly, incredibly enticing for the international folks out there. So if he does bolt out for the year, you've got to have the point guard in play right there. And, and you know, you're not going to object to having a natural freshman Kylan Boswell in there, but... If you could have Boswell in there and he's already acclimated, he's already played one year at the college level, and I mean that's something that you could certainly you could certainly come around on right there. It's going to be easier for him because yes, he'll be eighteen, but it's going to be different because you'll have had a year of nutrition, you'll have had a year of training, you'll have had all of that put in there. You can basically get ahead of the game right there, and that's exactly what the Arizona Wildcats coaching staff I think wants from him. You know, it's no secret that they wanted him to reclassify. And I get it. Again, 23-24 is shaping up to be a banner year for Arizona basketball. And you just need to make sure that you got that point guard in play right there. So, again, let's just, just for giggles, let's just say that Kirk Kreese does leave. Again, he could easily come back. I'm just saying, you know, worst-case scenario. You could have a starting lineup where you're looking at something like a Kylan Boswell, a Pella Larson, that small forward spot is going to be brutal because you could have, I mean, in a good way, because you could have a Donald Ball, you could have a lot of different guys in that spot, K.J. Lewis. Then you could have Kwame Evans, five-star big man out of Florida, Azulis Tabellas, Umar Battle, Henry Vieser. That is a loaded team right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is a team that is going to be a problem for absolutely anybody. And Boswell fits in perfectly with that, as he's a good conductor of offense. He can get everybody to where he needs to be. And the other thing about him that's enticing is he's a multi-year player. He's a three-year player, in my opinion, because he's not a next-level athlete. He's a very good athlete. He's not that next level, that one you look at and say, oh, gosh, you know, that's... You know, your normal Kentucky, your John Wall, your uh, your Brandon Knights, your guys like that. He's a guy that's going to be a great three-year player. And I think that's where Tommy Boyd really gets the game. And he's understood that game from day one, that you've got to have guys, you've got to have roster stability. And we've talked about this from day one. Roster stability means everything to Tommy Boyd, being that he wants you to be on that roster. He wants you to be 
totally on the same page with what he's going for. And on top of that, he wants you guys to know how to play with each other. And that's where you're at right now with this Arizona Wildcats basketball roster. It's a great move. Again, Boswell's recovering from an injury, but he should be fine. And again, it's all for that sophomore year. Now, let's talk a little bit, though, about this coming year. Because now with the Boswell reclassification, Arizona is now starting to find its way into some top 15 rankings right there. And... Honestly, I'm a, I'm a wee bit surprised, but you probably shouldn't be totally shocked by it either. Mainly because, again, you lose Ben Matherin, you lose Dave Terry, you lose Christian Coloco. That's a lot to lose right there. But you're also bringing back some really nice pieces, though. Azulis Tabellis is going to be in the running for that, all, for that Conference Player of the Year award. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. What he's also going to be, though, he's also going to be in the spot to be covered by some other players as well, where you're going to be able to have an Umar Ballo next to him. And I think a lot of people might be sleeping on Umar Ballo. I think there's this, you know, there's this perception that, oh, well, you know, Umar is maxed out. I don't, I don't think we know what Umar Ballo can do at this point, do we? Mainly because this was his first year of getting a lot of basketball under him, and you saw he was a lot better than I thought he was going to be, and I think he's probably a lot better than a lot of other people thought he was going to be. Again, then you got Henry Visar, who, again, I expect to be a two-year player. Well, I know some people are trying to pencil him in as that one-year guy. I don't see that. I think he's more of a two-year player, which is ideal in this spot because, again, it's all about that 23-24 season for Arizona basketball. But I still think he's going to be solid this year. I think he's more like 9-6. and six. Uh, Talked about it with Brad Allis uh, on another platform. Adama Ball. He's a guy that I think you're looking at and could be a, what, a 10-5 and five type guy. I think the blueprint is to try to do what Michael Dickerson was as a sophomore and then really have you ready to go as a junior to be able to take that next step. Pella Larson, it's going to be fascinating because obviously Tommy Lloyd really likes Pella Larson. It's also going to be interesting to see what happens, though, with him. He's got a leaner build. He's not going to knock on wood. He's not going to have to be dealing with any injuries. So he comes back then, and what do you want from him? A What, what do you expect him to be? A 14-point-per-game guy, something like that? That's what I would imagine Tommy Lloyd's looking for because I think with Pella Larson and with the Julius Tabellas, you want double figures right there. Another guy you obviously want double figures from is Kerr Creesa. He had double figures last year. I think the hope is another year as a point guard with that target on your chest, knowing that you, you know, knowing what you need to work on, combined with Courtney Ramey in the backcourt, that can hopefully, you know, help you out in certain ways as far as your, you know, some of your defensive issues. This is a team that again, I don't know that I put them quite in the top fifteen, but. They're certainly a top 25 team, and that's a big tip of the cap right there to Tommy Lloyd because, again, you lost two first-round players and you lost a guy who was very high up in the second round. So, again, Arizona basketball under Tommy Lloyd is getting this one. All right, one thing, too, that you guys all need to know about is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is... Anybody that knows about LinkedIn knows that that's where you go. Everybody's got a LinkedIn. There's over 30 million... There's only over 30 million profiles. It's the best place for an employer to be able to go and find 
find a, you know who, who you're looking for in whatever field it is. And so all you got to do, though, you got to go in there. You got to use the uh, locked on code word. But again, LinkedIn is where it's at. If you don't have a LinkedIn, you should have a LinkedIn because you're probably missing out on great job opportunities out there. Same thing as an employer. You're probably missing out on some people out there that would be really good fits for you. So again, check out LinkedIn. We're going to be back with you in just a second. We're going to talk about some Arizona basketball players in the NBA. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now. Let's talk some DeAndre Aiden. A big part of at least my concerns, my frustrations with the Phoenix Suns over the past few years was their utilization of DeAndre Aiden. Yes, Phoenix Suns won a lot of games, but I always felt that it came at a little bit of a price because I didn't feel that they were actually taking advantage of some of the skills that DeAndre Aiden has because... Anybody who watched DeAndre Aiden in college knows that he can do a lot of different things. He's very, he can move well, he's fluid, he's strong. He's got a little bit better back-to-the-basket game than I think some people think. He's got a lot going for him right there. But the Phoenix put him into a rim-runner, pick-and-pop type player, which he's good at. But are you really drafting a player number one overall to use him in those situations? I also never looked at it and thought that the Phoenix Suns knew exactly how to use him. And I think that that shows up somewhat in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Guys like that need to be able to get have the ball. Players like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they can get the ball whenever they want. The, one guys, the, the guys that generally can't get the ball whenever they want are the big men. And yes, again, you look at it and Aiton would get 17 and 10. But I would always hate looking at his stat line because it would be like 8 of 10 from the field and... One of one from the free throw line. One of one from the free throw line generally shows a real lack of aggression, especially out of a big man right there. And I think that's the case that it's not that DeAndre isn't aggressive. I think he's naturally more of a passive player. But, again, it's also a little bit of an indictment on the Phoenix Suns right there. So, the Phoenix Suns have let him hit the open market as a restricted free agent, and it does look like the Indiana Pacers are going to Matt signed him to a contract, and we're interested to see what happens. Will it be a sign and trade where the Suns get back Miles Turner, something like that? But if I'm DeAndre Ayton and I'm his representatives, I absolutely love the fit of going to the Indianapolis Pacers or the Indiana Pacers, mainly because I've got a really good, steady group around me already. At the point guard spot, I got Tyrese Halliburton, who is a really solid point guard who is not a great point guard, but you probably got him locked in for seven or eight years. He's going to be able to make Aiden put him into the spots that he needs to be put into, and I don't think that there will really be an issue there. You've got Chris Duarte as well You on the, at the shooting guard spot. you got Ben Matherin. Both those guys are winners. We're going to get to Ben Matherin in a second. And then you go with DeAndre Ayton. That's all of a sudden a pretty nice little uh, trio or uh, quartet of players that you got there. So I like the fit. If I'm uh, if I'm the Indiana or the uh, Indiana Pacers, I make this move. And you know what? If I'm the Phoenix Suns, well, I probably wouldn't be in this situation with DeAndre Ayton. But I would also um, you got to try to get something out of him if you've soured on him. I just don't think that the Phoenix Suns have a great blueprint of what they're doing, and I think their record is masked a little bit, some of the behind-the-scenes concerns that I would have at least. 
Now, one thing though that I don't have any concerns about whatsoever is the Bet Online Sportsbook. Now, let's talk about the Bet Online Sportsbook. It's been around for a long time. People use it because it's good, because it's consistent. You know what you're going to get. It's easy to navigate. Nobody ever says at the end, man, I had no clue what I was doing in there. They don't do any of that because the Bet Online Sportsbook is where it's at from futures to props to betting to in game, out game, anything you need, you can find at the Bet Online Sportsbook. It's not going anywhere. It's America's trust, most trusted sportsbook. Check it out. We will be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Got a couple of things to wrap up right here. First, let's talk a little bit about the other players that are uh, doing some good things for the Arizona Wildcats right here. And first, or excuse me, NBA players. Ben Matherin. Ben Matherin is the epitome of a guy. You don't necessarily need to look and see what his stats are. You need to see how he's playing. You need to see how he is moving around. How is he getting his shots? Because in the NBA Summer League, I think people get way too overwhelmed with, oh, he's doing that, he's doing that, uh, you know, he finished with 30 points. I always use the Jared Bayless example, and I love Jared Bayless. But, you know, Jared Bayless in the NBA Summer League was able to take advantage of it because he was going against guys who weren't quite NBA players, and he was just kind of able to physically overpower them, outskill them. When he got into the NBA, you don't really overpower anybody unless you're a LeBron James or a Shaquille O'Neal or something like that. When you get to the NBA, though, it's about how can you score. And Ben Mathern has shown that he can hit you from the three, he can hit you from the mid-range, he can also slide all the way to the basket and get there. He is, um, he's opened a lot of eyes. People are also seeing, too, that he's a much better passer than I think he's ever been given credit for. And I thought that, too, when he was here at the U of A as well, that he's got an ability to, again, he's never going to be a point guard, never going to be a facilitator. He's got the ability to be able to make some plays right there. And, again, I would certainly keep an eye on him, um, not necessarily for a rookie of the year. It's not going to be that. But I firmly believe that he's going to be one of the four best players in that draft. You have the big three. I think that uh, the Kings, well, <laughs> the Kings, messed up not choosing Ben Matherin with that fourth pick, but it's also probably going to be a good thing for Matherin right there. He's also going to a franchise where you've got some good players around him as well. Dalen Terry, again, not going to find a bigger fan of Dalen Terry than me, but Dalen Terry's going to take a little bit of time. You know, they played the game perfectly. Two years, your first-round pick. The NBA is a different animal, though. He's going to get paid, and I think he's going to spend a lot of time learning, and there's nothing wrong with that. As Dale and Terry said multiple times, he'd rather spend time learning in the NBA than starring in college, and I think there's a lot to that point. So, again, Dale and Terry right there, certainly got to keep an eye on. Um, turning the ball over a little bit too much for me, but, again, you know he, he's going to be fine. Christian Coloco, I think he's the third, clearly the third uh, player right there. He needs a redshirt year or two. If I'm the Raptors, I'm trying to get him to expand his range. Maybe he can become a Chris Boucher when Chris Boucher's next contract is off the books. It's going to take him a little bit, a little while. But like Dale and Terry, you haven't seen anything in these uh, NBA uh, summer league that dissuades you from why you would pick them in the first place. They're both incredibly talented people. 
All right, wanted to hit the, all the notes on Kylan Boswell, the NBA Summer League, and everything that's going on. We're going to be back with you tomorrow. We're going to be talking some recruiting. We're going to talk a little bit of U of A basketball, obviously, as well, as we do every show. But, again, I'll be back in Tucson tomorrow. Everybody out there, as always, thank you so much for keeping it locked on Wildcats.